Hey guys, how y'all doing? This is 2D, it's one Mike. Literally the worst podcast on the internet. I'm Nick. I'm Brendan. And during our Red Bull Fueled C4 pre-record snorted and sleep-deprived account, we will be discussing Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Just for context, Frankenstein is a story about a mad scientist that plays God and creates a monster which later grows a deep hatred for humanity. The doctor's obsession ultimately leads to their demise. So, uh, pop culture has made Frankenstein, um, has changed Frankenstein in several ways. Uh, now pop culture sees Frankenstein as a dumb, illiterate monster who's really just pops in on Halloween, a big green monster who's kind of scary and, well, walks around like a zombie with his arms out and he walks very, very slow. So, uh, tell me, what do you think of that? Well, personally, I think that they did, did this just to sell costumes, sell him as a brand. Because people don't want to wear a, a costume that represents a intelligent, sim- sympathetic character, which Frankenstein actually is in the novel. But um, yeah, in, in, in the novel, he's actually very lit- literate. He loves books. Him and Victor actually bond over, over their love of literature. Um, he's very, very smart, very cunning. Um he, he he wasn't always this thing that was filled with ang- anger and like symbolized hate hatred and horror he was just somebody who wanted to be loved and was a very sympathetic character and at his, at his core i like that I'm, i like how you put it um well i'm just going to refer back to uh well i'll just refer to the uh, 1931 um movie that uh, adaptation of frankenstein uh by universal studios um you having seen this movie what can you tell me about some differences in the from the movie and the novel well the one difference that really um pops out to me was that in in the movie they show that frankenstein you know he throws this little girl into into the water and then she she drowns there's an angry mob they force him into a tower you know he gets cornered, they burn it down, and he, he dies. Um, when in, in reality, like in the novel, he just found the girl drown, drowning and picked her up. And then people just assumed that he was att- attempting to hurt this little girl. And then the this, this same thing happened where an angry mob kind of con- con- configured, ran him out of town. You know, it's there's really... I can't say there's no comparing the two, but the movie's obviously a lot more um, generalized and made to to make the, the the monster seem like a monster in every sense of the word. When in re- reality, he's just somebody who wanted to be loved, you know. Right. That's. Uh, I like that. That's true. Um, and uh, going back to the movie. Um... I checked out that uh, the whole uh, Igor, um, um, yeah, Igor, you know, that uh, hunchback uh, servant there in the movie there that was always running around uh, Victor, even though, uh, funny, uh, his name is actually Henry in the, in the movie, which makes absolutely no sense, because as we know in the novel, Henry Clerval is Victor's best friend, even though their names were swapped in the movie, so that gets kind of confusing. Um so my question to you, Brendan, is since uh, we kind of the Igor phenomenon has kind of started in the movie, what do you 
like how do you think that Igor became like so popular with uh different spin-offs of different movies uh like uh, the Notre Dame Hunchback movie by Disney um like what can you what can you acquire about that well again it's to sell a, a brand because in in reality he's just a normal guy he's, he's a caring friend but they want to make it so that he's a kind of like a push-off character you know how in um a lot of old black, black and white movies use physical comedy they uh you know some somebody will slip fall ev everybody laughs i think it's the same concept with the igor you see how funny he looks and you kind of just want, want to laugh, yeah. laugh at him um personally the movie e igor um animated movie it's kind of, kind of a classic oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i just kind of find it funny how um i remember this one scene in the movie where uh I don't know if this was for com uh, comedic relief or it was just like some uh, some uncut uh, if it was a scene that wasn't supposed to be in the movie. But uh, when uh, he um, Henry or should I say uh, Victor, the d professor's friend, uh, shows up at the door and knocks at the door. I find it kind of funny how uh, as Igor is running towards the door, he stopped to tie his shoe. I... I didn't really want to uh, nitpick too much at this, but I just kind of find it funny just because it's not really something you would normally see uh, for a character to just kind of go by and try to open a door and then stop to tie a shoe. Like, that's just something that that wouldn't normally occur in a movie. I just kind of find that funny. Um, and another thing I think we should talk about is how, um, is how when you go into a store try, trying to buy, you know, the creature's co costume or whatever... Um, it's he's never called the creature. He's called Frank Frankenstein. Yeah, I know. I I find that really weird, honestly. Just because, yeah, in the novel, the creature never had a name. It was just referred to as the monster or, or the creature. Uh, pop culture has kind of just named him Frankenstein just because he was created by Victor Frankenstein. Um. So yeah, I mean that's uh, it's kind of weird to think about it because well, pop culture kind of just like generalize the fact that oh he doesn't have a name so you might as well just name him after his creator i mean that's that's basically like if i said okay well if you store if you follow the the story of creation let's say um god pops in and puts down a deer on the earth would you call that deer god then i mean you wouldn't necessarily name a deer would you like you wouldn't really give him like a, a human name, like, like call him Paul or something. <laughs> like, can you imagine that having your own dear name Paul? I mean, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. I, I kind of like that. I feel. I feel like I know know where you're going, but at the same same time, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole plan. That's 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 where I was going with that too. Ahead of the ahead of the game. Exactly. I feel like um, they like the main reason, you know, um. What do you call them? Out outlets named um, um is like calls the the monster Frankenstein is for mar marketing purposes. Oh it's yeah, such yeah. Like a, a recognizable name. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When you when you hear Frank Frankenstein, do you think of Victor Frankenstein or do you think of the the, the monster personally? Grow growing up, I thought that Frankenstein was the monster. I had no clue that was Victor Franken like like his his creator's name. Right. Well, uh, I guess if we move on to characters, well, one of my favorite characters I'm going to admit is probably Victor. Well, of course, there's some, uh, well, it's, it's a little bit obvious for some reasons. Well, 
of course, there's some element of pathos in there. Uh, the reader sympathizing for a specific character in the novel. You know, his, uh, his obsession with science and the uh, repercussions to his health and everything creating the monster. But uh, I, I honestly really like Victor just because he's very ambitious. Um, his, uh, his love, his uh, passion for the works of um, old scientists and having one of his professors mark it as uh, useless and a bunch of crap is, uh, well, Mr. Waldman, on the other hand, says that it kind of paved the way to modern science. It kind of just, like, showed us a little bit of, like, an outline, you know? But, honestly, I do like Victor because he's a little bit of a nutcase, and while we both know that uh, I can be a little bit crazy at times, don't you think, Brennan? Just a little bit. Yeah, maybe just a little. Just a little bit. Yeah. Another thing about Victor... Is it just me that sees, you know, other than the uh, the confidence part? Because we all know that Victor's a very depressed man. Do you, do you see a lot of Macbeth in him? A lot of Macbeth, eh? You know what? Yeah, I, I do see a lot of Macbeth in him because he's... Uh, him and Macbeth are very ambitious men. They stopped at nothing to uh, meet their end goal. So that's Macbeth with becoming Thane of Cawdor and King of Scotland. And you have... Victor Frankenstein, who stopped at nothing, his his health didn't get out. He didn't let his health get in his way. Well, I mean, well, his health <laughs> his health had something to do with it, but he didn't like make excuses. I should say he didn't let his health be an excuse nice. to getting in, in front of his to getting in the way of his creation. Uh, and he kept this project a secret as well. So, and I, I can also. Also assume that if he revealed this project to others, he probably would have been subject to ridicule. Yeah, bit of full send. Yeah, a little bit of a full send element. Full send, Ferda. Would you go as far as say? I want to go as far as say that he is a tragic hero because he lacks a, a lot of the flaws. But you look at how um, his if if he was the like per se the, tra the a tragic hero, his tra tragic flaw would pretty obviously be his amb ambition, just like Macbeth's was. Yeah, and his ultimate. Punishment, although like he wasn't killed, like his head didn't get chopped off like Macbeth. Oh kind of, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Bit of a but, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they they still ended up in the same place. Um, you know, I and you feel the difference between I'd, I'd say Macbeth and Victor is that you you actually feel sympathetic for Victor at the end. Macbeth, you hated him with all of all of your guts. What what I like about Mary Shelley is that she does. I think every single character in this in this novel you could feel some sympathy for. It's good when they give; they're not just one dimen dimensional characters. They have they have layers just like onions. Yeah, layers just like onions. Yes, I love that line. Oh, boy, I love Shrek in the movie. That's that's really one of my favorites, and that that is a very good um, a very very good co comparison. The uh, with the layers and on the onion exactly well. Can you go as far as say that ogres are like onions? I would go as far as say ogres are, are like onions. I mean, Shrek puts up a pretty good case about it too. I mean, ogres are like onions because they're both like layers and, you know, like, and I mean, Donkey goes ahead and says that, well, Donkey, kind of confused, kind of just goes like, oh, they both, uh, yeah, and no, all they both, uh, 
have layers. Yeah, both have, yeah, they both have layers, but when they're left out in the sun too long, they start growing little white hairs, and <laughs> and uh, they, they, they stink, you know, we can draw the comparison between ogres and onions that way. You know what? I think we could draw a comparison from Shrek and Frank Frankenstein. I mean, the monster, not Frankenstein. <laughs> and resemblance, probably. <laughs> they're both... Okay, so when they're both greedy and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Two, they're both fe- feared by humanity just out of, you know, like, it's just second na- nature to them. Um, they're, they're both sim- sympathetic characters, too. Like, Shrek, you know, he, put, he, he puts up a good laugh there. He's yeah. Like, he's, he, he lives in his swamp. He's all mean. But yeah. in, in his heart, he still just wants love. And Yeah. This is the part where you run away. like a little tidbit like that for uh shrek's uh uh comedic relief well anyway sorry i interrupted you there oh it's all it's all good um we always need a break for shrek yeah exactly um i I apologize for going off topic here with shrek but it is true you you could compare the way shrek is seen like his image yeah compared to say frank uh the the monster (laughs) yeah exactly what what are your opinions on some some of the side characters like per se um his father? Oh, his father, um, Alphonse uh, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, during reading the novel, uh, we don't get too too much of a, a story behind Alphonse, but all uh, but as a, I'm not a father myself. <laughs> you sure? I'm about ninety nine percent positive. All right. But I'm not going to go too much into detail with that. That's a uh, little bit uh, private. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, uh, like, as myself, I mean, I could see kind of from a father's point of view where you would want, you want the best for your kid. So, I mean, I kind of just draw a comparison towards, um, so I'll, uh, so Alphonse wants Victor to go to school. He supports that and everything with um, going to study science. But then comparing that to the Clervilles, Henry Henry Clerville's father didn't want him to go to school. He wanted to, him to stay at home and pick up a trade. Yeah, I know. Looking back, well, seeing as how uh, trades are uh, very, very popular nowadays and people are making a lot of money. But back then, well, I mean, were, trades were kind of considered for people who were un, uneducated and just... Like, they're peasants. Yeah, just like it's, it's peasants' kinda, work, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, I'm sure this is, this isn't an era where just like how in the dark ages where you would literally die at 35 from, and you know, black plague and crusades, you know, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically how you put the me- medieval ages in a nutshell, I guess. Can we, can we bring that back? Yes, please. Can we have, <laughs> can we literally have like a ninth crusade, please? Like a ninth crusade <laughs> okay, would literally okay, be the make, best make idea. The We've said too much. I okay. We okay, said too back much. To, back to Alphonse. Okay, back. Yes, back to back to the father. Yeah. So I I kind of feel, um, some sympathetic for the father just just because of, um, having an experience with uh, having a, a father son relationship, just because of uh, how you want your kid to succeed and everything and uh, kind of just knowing that. Well, I'm not sure if it was clear to. Uh, Alphonse that he, um, or Alphonse, I should say. Alphonse. <laughs> <laughs> the Fonz. <laughs> um, I should just refer him to the, like, as the, the Fonz now, like that, that's, oh, <laughs> the Fonz. <laughs> um, yeah, just saying how, like, yeah, just, 
sympathetic and uh i don't know if the father was uh, too aware of uh victor's uh, health as well victor wrote a letter back to elizabeth and his family as well but he didn't say all that much about his health he was just talking about some other uh projects he was working on with the university at uh, at ingolstadt and uh didn't say all that much about his health are we uh making like a little asmr there with the uh Rapper there, Brendan? Isn't that satisfying? <laughs> to those listening out there, is that satisfying to you? Do you got are you guys you are you all ASMR fans? Please drop a like if you are. <laughs> and uh support my Patreon because I literally have not eaten in five days. Help me. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, uh never mind then. Uh, I'm just um rambling in my hunger euphoria. Uh a- anyhow. Well, uh, Brendan, tell me, uh, what do you, like, if you were to have a favorite character, what do you think you, who would be? Honestly, I would say the monster. The monster. The monster. That's but a good one. If not the monster, I don't really know, because I find no characters really get developed enough. I, like, if, if you exclude the monster and Victor, most char- characters don't have that much to do in the story like for for example just justine before she gets a frame for william's murder we literally hear about her for like two lines there she's she's just mentioned in his backstory and then she pops up and all of a sudden he's you know he's he's all sad you know because of what happened to her yeah i gotcha to be completely honest i think alphonse is the best dad ever yeah, you know, he doesn't. Victor wants to do some whack ass shit, and for real, dog. <laughs> and Alphonse is just like, okay. Yeah, that's he's that's like, that is straight up word, dog. He's like, Kaden. Like, yeah, Kaden. Yeah. If I damn straight, dude. If I ever told my dad I wanted to to be a scientist, he'd you know kick kick my ass and no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if I was seven and I told my dad. I want to be an astronaut. He probably literally just slapped me in the face. <laughs> he literally just like just. I think I think most slapped me right I then think and most there. Most guys are, are like that though. Yeah, I guess. Okay, you now know, uh, be, a, be a plumber. Yeah, become a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan's already got the ass crack for it and everything. So. Okay. <laughs> I mean... um, one other side note on Victor's parents. Oh, I don't understand why they want. Elizabeth and Victor to get married. Like I understand back in the day, you know, that was that was like the cool thing, thing to do, you know, you marry Yeah, your marry your second cousin or just your direct cousin. But these these kids, I mean, Victor and Elizabeth probably shared baths together and stuff and like shared had like birthdays together and like, oh my god, that's just that's it's still like weird. That's, yeah, that's, like, dude. Some Alabama stuff. Going yeah, on, sweet like... home Alabama. <laughs> okay, I think, <laughs> I think we're getting a bit carried off on our incest. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Topic, but... Incest is actually like so funny. Like it's actually <laughs> like, like funny memes in, about it and everything. Anyway. Uh, okay. Um. Plot Don't twist. ask about our meme selection. Plot plot twist, Nico. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's. Okay. Plot twist. All right. So, um, uh, me as as the reader. I'm often subject to uh, kind of just follow a straight path when I'm reading and just kind of not really expect anything to really change. But for the most part, I'm always surprised 
for example, a huge plot twist that really uh, that really shook me up was when um, towards the end on Walton's boat, um, Victor dies while on the boat. I'm I'm presuming from natural um, causes, but then uh, just knowing just so little about uh, Victor and the monsters' relationship, a few moments later, the creature commits suicide after Victor dies. I just kind of found that a little bit, you know, I just found that a little bit ironic, just like, just in, as a literary uh, standpoint, that I just found that a little bit ironic just because it's, it's something that's like, I completely did not expect at all. Um, talking about uh, the ultimate demise in our uh, plot summary. It, uh, it really did uh, got me going. It, it kind of just like brought me to the edge of my seat. It wasn't very suspenseful, but it just kind of really kind of threw a curveball for me. Doesn't it make you mad when authors make it that character de development means nothing? Because after seeing like how the the monster de developed into somebody who hated ma mankind, he kill kills himself after the dude he hates the most dies it could it could be because you know he, th he thinks he has no purpose in life now but if it just boggles my mind that they could just do a 180 switch to him being su suicidal because of victor's death when that's just for shock value <laughs> like there's no like in the literary sense or like and from a nar narrative perspective it makes no sense that to have him do that other than to have shock value. Yeah, that's that's also true. I mean, I, I do find that a lot of authors uh, usually um, put a lot of unnecessarily uh, unnecessary attention to side characters kind of developing their um, their stories and uh, their backgrounds to when there's literally no point. Um, Mary Shelley did a pretty good job of this um, in not... Um, getting into the nitty-gritty of some of the characters' backstories. I mean, of course, Walton uh, is... Walton is, isn't is very... Uh, doesn't have a very big backstory for obvious reasons. Well, the, the only purpose he has is to be a literary device. Exactly, if yeah. There's no other reason for him to be there. And that's... I find Mary Shelley gets caught in that trap throughout the whole whole book she introduced introduces characters that mean absolutely nothing yeah and they just just disappear and it's it's honestly frust frustrating as a reader to see this happen yeah it's, true there's just so so much you could do with certain characters that you don't do but you spend more time to de de develop developing throwaway characters exactly yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, i get you there well, uh, any uh, any uh, closing uh, remarks or? Uh... Honestly, just that they they should make a squeak a squeakle a squeakle <laughs> instead instead of there being um, um the monster, it should be Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, instead of the monster having a, a br like a bride like Frankenstein's bride. Oh yeah, that movie there. It'll be Fiona. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I really, really hope they come up with the Shrek 5. I would literally pay any amount of money to see a Shrek 5. Okay, they need to close much. that movie. That, they need to close that off, man. We've talked too much about Shrek 5. Okay, fine. Fine.
So uh, this was uh, Nick and Brennan with uh, Two Idiots One Podcast, wait, or wait, sorry, one. On. Give give me your opinion on the book itself. Let's let's just conclude this. Let's make this shit final. Got it. So what do I think of the book? Well, to be honest, I liked it. I mean, it was, I it was pleasantly surprising. I mean, I I went into it and thinking I would get really bored of it, and you know what? Some of the chapters are considered a little bit less uh, interesting, just kind of explaining different, char- explaining the backstories of just other minor characters and just kind of just explaining settings and just things like that. But as the story progresses, it kind of just kind of threw me for for a loop where uh, different um, devices that Mary Shelley uses with uh, that, that foreshadowing with, um, well, just I didn't think that um, Walton would serve any more importance just just as kind of a just kind of as, as a starting point that leads to a flashback that develops the plot of the story just kind of gives it a little context but uh to be honest i really like this novel i mean it was it was pretty interesting i mean i i would probably check on mary shelley's other novels well for me i think the novel the story itself is fantastic the best but i feel like it could have been really trimmed down or it, this this could have made a hell of a short story. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, if you take out half, half of the stuff and, like, you think about it, it's just like any re- repetitive t- TV show. Mo- the the mo- monster's created, monster goes to a place, boo, he, scare, he scares a shit ton of people, they, ch- they, they chase him somewhere, he gets mad, he kills some somebody, he runs away, Victor gets depressed, Victor hunts the, the monster, like, it's just... I feel like a lot, lot of it could have been cut down to make a real, real, a really good short story. Yeah, true. But other than that, I love the lore. I love the way she like. Honestly, the liter- like the way this story is told is very compelling, but I feel like they could have given a bit more importance to to Walton. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, we're running out of time here, Wait, so uh... let's thank our sponsor us. Spark Notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a little uh, special thank you to our sponsor, Spark Notes, for uh, fueling our uh, podcast and giving us some additional ideas. Um, so with that said, thank you for tuning in. This is this was Two Idiots, One Mike. I'm Nick. I'm Brennan. And we bought a head out. And we bought a head out. Please support our Patreon. Smash that like button and we'll see y'all later. Peace.